Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Iranian Market Minute. Today is Thursday, September 15th, and this is episode number 183. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investment opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Good to be back with everybody again today. Uh, pretty nasty day out there for the the energy uh, sectors and the, and the metal sector for sure. Gold was crashing. Oil was down pretty substantially and uranium was not spared. S&P was relatively flat for most of the day and sold off towards the close. Uh, we'll have to see how things turn out tomorrow. The S&P looking like it's either going to be a double bottom or it's going to break down further to see if we find support a bit lower. We'll go over the charts in just a second. Um, but the uranium stocks definitely had a, a pretty big red day. Um, I want to talk about a couple of elements of the of this investment in terms of the spot market versus the long-term market. Um, in the mailbag section, I've had a couple of questions asking about the spot price falling, and I wanted to talk about that in the mailbag section. Before we do that, let's go ahead and jump right into the daily scoreboard here. Spot price down about 75 cents from yesterday, 49.75 a pound mid-market. Basically, right now, spot is the only bid in the market for the most part. Uh, utilities are not in the spot market. And like I said, I'll discuss that more in the mailbag section, but definitely slipping a little bit here. Uh, the uh, Yesterday, spot purchased no pounds, nor did they raise any additional money. No units were issued as they were at a slight discount to NAV yesterday. It did close significantly, closed at uh, minus 1.24%. And today actually didn't trade that poorly considering uh, the rest of the uranium sector. Most of the stocks in the space were down a bit more than SPOT was and SPOT was down as well. So uh, this discount to NAV is probably maybe 2 to 3% at this point. Still sitting on 17 million in cash, uh, relatively low amount of cash for them, historically speaking. Turning to the ETF, URA reported an increase of 600,000 shares. URNM reported no change in outstanding shares. That was 9.7 in mandated buying. That was probably from uh, the last couple of days. URA's new issuance, like I said, 9.7 million in buying. Today felt like there was probably some redemptions happening in with the ETFs. That's my guess, gun to my head. I have a feeling that uh, the UR, that the ETFs were selling today. That was the feeling that I was getting. On that note, why don't we take a look at the charts? Starting off with URA, definitely breaking down below that rising wedge, down over 4% on the day. Volume's not huge, kind of about average daily volumes. Um, did see a little bit of dip buying on the close today, but pretty weak overall. I'm still eyeing a couple of things here. Obviously, we have this long-term trend line, uh, this, you know, this uh, Livermore accumulation cylinder that's kind of right around in this area, just above this big fat gap that we've got here. Filling that gap brings us down to 20 uh, let's see, 2033 is where that is at. We're at 22 bucks here. So what is that about another 10% drop? Certainly possible here if markets continue to go risk off and if the S&P breaks down below this double bottom here, um, will we see that double bottom hold? Will we see a lower low, but a higher low coming from the lows of June? Uh, it remains to be seen. Certainly has, uh, there's definitely some fear in the markets at the moment. You can sense it, it's palpable. URNM relative to the spot price of uranium down three and a half percent on the day with the spot price down also. So definitely going a little bit of risk off here for uh, this basket of uranium miners. 
big gap here still down at the 134 level for this relative chart. And we're at 149. So we're looking at a little bit less than a 10% drop to get back down there. Will we see it? I don't know. Looks like it's wanting to be filled in my opinion. Cameco also breaking down from that rising wedge. There's a bunch of rising wedge breakdowns across the entire space. If you chart these stocks, um, a typically bearish pattern. And a lot of times it does play out and it is indeed playing out at the moment. Although Cameco definitely remains one of the strongest, if not the strongest stocks across the space. Very, very nice to see this large company leading the drive ahead in this uh, next leg that we've uh, found ourselves in over the past few weeks. We've got the 20-day slight support just below. Uh, we go down below that. I think this previous resistance right around $26 could be another area of support. And of course, Cameco also has a big gap from the big move on that Japanese news a few weeks ago, back down 23.59. So a couple areas of support on the way down if we see markets continue to go risk off. Cameco is still trading well above a rising 200-day Definitely bullish, especially compared to most other stocks in the space. URA relative to the S&P, down pretty substantially today, almost 3% on this relative chart. Definitely looks like we're printing what is probably going to be a bear flag if we break below this. Now, of course, if the S&P makes some steep downdrafts, if we perform, if we underperform relative to an risk off S&P, that's a pretty big down day or down week or potentially down month. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but if we do correct here out of this bear flag, I would like to see some support either at the rising 50 or 200 days, and if not, somewhere around this long-term trend line as it extends out into the future here. Finally, the Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, like I said, didn't get hit too bad today, down 2.3%, stock holding up quite well. After breaking down uh, a few days before the rest of the sector, out of this um, uh, rising uh, rising wedge. All right, so I've had a couple of questions coming to me about the spot price trickling down, and I thought I would talk about that briefly because it's interesting. The spot price, the spot market is very interesting for the uranium market because it, in many ways, it's irrelevant, and in the same ways, it's very relevant. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Spot price and the spot market is not a market where the utilities typically uh, go shopping, let's say. And especially right now with the spot market being as thin as it is, it doesn't take a lot of selling to move it down and it doesn't take a lot of buying to move it up. So when the buyers are out and that's particularly spot, um, especially over the past year, it's primarily been spot. They've taken up much of the volume in the spot market. And so utilities don't really play there. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One. Volumes are limited as far as what the utilities are actually seeking to run through the fuel cycle. And two, small amounts of purchasing that rise the, the, the spot price. Some of these utilities and many, many utilities have legacy contracts that are at least partially referenced to the spot price. So uh, at the time of delivery of those pounds um, in the contract. So to the extent that the spot price rises, that's more that affects the bottom line of utilities that are that are paying market reference prices to legacy contracts. And there absolutely are those utilities out there. And so um, utilities, generally speaking, are not really in the spot market. And the spot market is such low volume compared to long-term contracting. And it's uh, it's a settlement of, of a transaction of a uranium product within 12 months, right? That's what the spot market is. And the spot market that we watch, that price reporting, that's U308 and UF6, um, uranium hexafluoride or converted uranium. 
But why does the spot price matter? It definitely matters for a couple of reasons. One, from an investment standpoint, that's the price of uranium that is the most transparent. It's the most visible. It is the uh, most frequently updated. In fact, it'll update multiple times a day from uh, at Numerco, N-U-M-E-R-C-O on Twitter. Um, many of the companies post updates of the spot price. Uh, the Sputz website does, Sprott Physical Uranium Trust does. Um, and then, of course, you have the price reporters like UXC and Trade Tech that will report uh, spot prices to um, to customers of their UX weekly product. They'll actually send emails whenever there's an update in the spot price. Uh, and then they report that publicly even to their free accounts, I believe, weekly to the free accounts, if not monthly. And all the other elements of the fuel cycle, they report monthly. So the spot price is definitely the one that moves most frequently. It's the one that's reported on most frequently. And it's the one that all the investment world watches. And that might honestly be the most important element from our perspective of the spot market. The other important element, of course, is that contracts are more and more referenced to the market, the spot market. And so ironically, this market that the utilities essentially don't really interact with all that much, if at all right now, very well could dictate what they pay in these new contracts. Okay, so I've talked about this a number of times before, and I think it's really important to understand um, why things move so slowly in this market. And so basically, we're in a situation right now where you have utilities that are seeking coverage, especially utilities that have already signed conversion and enrichment contracts out for, let's say, the 2025 to 2030 period. There's definitely a lot of activity on that front, right? So when you sign those conversion contracts, you sign those enrichment contracts, depending on the amount of enriched uranium product, EUP, the level of enrichment, um, the amount of SWU and the cost of that SWU. And then of course, uh, of course, the tails assay for that enrichment process is going to kick out a number of how much UF6 you have to provide to the enricher. Now, if you can't go out and buy that UF6, what you have to do is secure a, a conversion contract and you have to go out and buy U308 to be delivered. And that U308 gets converted and is sent to the enricher to fulfill that enrichment contract. The enricher um, under normal circumstances is not seeking out uranium in the market. I'll make a, a, a different point about that in just a moment, but the enricher has provided the feedstock for that contract. So utilities that are currently signing these contracts for conversion and enrichment are coming into the U308, U308 long-term contracting market. So they're talking with Cameco, they're talking with Kazatomprom, they're talking with Paladin, they're talking with BHP, they're talking with Arano. And they're seeking out pounds, especially we're talking about Western utilities, right? Because they're the ones that are seeking out these Western contracts for conversion and enrichment out of the future. So what that essentially means is these utilities that are looking for these contracts for long-term delivery of U308 are talking with the producers. And a utility, as much as possible, is going to want fixed prices on this contract. They're going to want to know as much as they possibly can, how much they're going to be paying for the deliveries of that product out into the future. Now, the producers, on the other hand, are looking at a world where we have seven, eight, nine, 10 plus percent inflation. Of course, that depends on the country, right? You know, if we're talking in Canada, it's somewhere around those levels. If we're talking about Namibia, it's possibly different there. Um, if we're talking about Australia, it's possibly different there. But basically, we're in a very, very high rising inflation environment in most countries around the world right now. We're having um, often there's oftentimes there's problems with labor, finding sufficient skilled labor. There's problems with supply chains and there's 
a high difficulty in projecting production costs going out into the future, let alone next year. I've talked about this before, how we saw Paladin's CapEx estimate for getting Langer Heinrich, their mine in Namibia that's on care and maintenance, back into production by next year, or by 2024, excuse me, that they had estimated that was um, uh, $87 million, and that estimate came in November of last year. They updated that about three months ago and had to increase that CapEx cost to $117 million. And that's just over the course of about eight months. How do you project production costs for 2027, 2028? You can't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can make an inflation adjustment uh, going out that many years and make an educated guess and be willing to sign maybe part of that contract, probably a minority uh, percentage of that contract in a, at a fixed price that is much, much higher than what you think you need today, right? So if Paladin thinks they need $60, $65 right now to cover those CapEx costs, what do you think they're going to sign fixed for 2027 delivery? Probably going to be something like 80, 85, okay? But what they really want is they want exposure to the market. They want a market-referenced contract. The utility wants the exact opposite. Those are the conversations that are happening right now. Very, very complex. Very difficult for the two sides to come together and meet. There's also plenty of utilities that are acting complacent. Maybe they're covered a bit more than their neighbors. Maybe they have three years of inventory and they've got some long-term contracts that are coming in out into the future. But maybe they're uncovered in 2026, 2027. They think this whole Russia thing is going to blow over. They'll be able to pick up the phone and call Moscow you know, three years from now and get their 2027 to 2020, 2032 pounds covered U308, UF6, uh, U308 conversion, enrichment, fuel fabrication, all from the Russians. And the utilities loved that. And they had that for a very long time. They don't have that now. So what I'm trying to say is that if you're watching the ups and downs of the spot price and you see the spot price down $2 over the last three days and you think that's a negation of the thesis, you're completely uh, you're completely misled. This This market is going to move up and down. And in my opinion, a very large move in the spot price to the upside is coming. Is it tomorrow? Probably not. Is it next week? Maybe, probably not. Is it next month? That's getting probably closer. This demand that's in the conversion enrichment market is coming to uranium. And while I'm telling you that the utilities don't play in the spot market, there will be action in the spot market because there are traders there that are going to attempt to ride that wave up via trading in and out of the spot market. And there is going to be financial interest. On that note, ANU Energy, they're looking to secure a $500 million follow-on raise in Q4 or Q1, and it's probably going to be in Q4. Um, it sounds like they have the interest there. It's probably going to be no problem for that raise. Half a billion coming to ANU. At $50 uranium, that's another 10 million pounds of secondary demand. Now, we're already at 17 million pounds of secondary demand from SPUT alone this year. Add another 10, we're at 27. That's not even talking yellow cake. That's not even talking hedge funds that might be buying physical uranium. It's getting very tight out there, guys. So what I'm saying is, yes, the broad markets can influence us here. Yes, we're going to see some ups and downs. There's going to be volatility. We're living in a very volatile time right now. But the thesis is strong. And what we're looking at going forward is massive demand. And I'm, I'm bringing this up because we're going to get into this in depth on Monday. 
um, in our members, our members webinar. So I will not be doing a market minute on Monday, but we're going to go deep into this because we have the calculations. We have the calculations modeling out Western demand for uranium due to a substantially rising tails assay at Western enrichers. We have all those calculations and let me tell you, they're unbelievably shocking. And that demand, <laughs> that demand is starting now. It's starting right now. So um, as I've mentioned uh, in the weekly watch list that I give to members every single Sunday, members of Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, going risk off if we do, this might be your last opportunity because what's coming for the Uranium market is coming for the Uranium market. Regardless of what the Fed does, regardless of what the S&P does, whether or not the equities go up and down between now and then, that demand is coming and there, there is no stopping it. It's not theoretical. This is not a pie in the sky thesis. This is math. And once you have that math and you understand that math, the your, the level of your conviction changes. And that's really what we try to um, to share with our members in these webinars. So Monday is going to be a, a really good one. And we're going to go deep into this. And we're going to talk about some of these numbers that we've calculated. And they're, they're quite astounding. Um, last thing I want to mention before signing off today is I noticed uh, late last night that I hit 50,000 followers on Twitter. And I just want to say that I'm unbelievably grateful and humbled. And I know this isn't Twitter, but there's a lot of crossover here. A lot of you watching this or listening to this right now came from Twitter and vice versa. And um, it's really been uh, an, an incredible journey for me. And I, I really appreciate all the support, regardless of whether you're a paying member or not. I don't really care. I thank you. Actually, I do care. If you are a paying member, thank you, especially. You've supported me and you supported us in doing this work. And uh, I'm, I'm very confident this is going to pay off for all of us very, very handsomely. But I very humbly say thank you. I appreciate the support. And uh, I'll see you at 100,000. All right. See you tomorrow. Cheers.